Welcome to Witches Being Witches. Spiritual besties chatting all things stars, skin, science, sex, and self-love. I'm Tara, Ayurvedic consultant, cosmic witch, and Vedic astrologer. And I'm Emily, qualified naturopath, holistic skin witch, and founder of natural skin and lifestyle brand, The Purist Collection. Witches Being Witches is for the woman who is ready to reclaim her power, dares to take up space, and expresses herself fully. A witch is a woman who embraces nature, its cycles, and knows that she is magic. Welcome, Welcome fellow witch. witch. We are so happy you are here. This episode is proudly brought to you by The Purist Collection, a luxury naturopath-formulated skin, body, and lifestyle brand, supporting you with herbal medicine, flower aroma, and crystal therapy, because what you put on your body is just as important as what you put in it. Available online at thepuristcollection.com. That's the with purist, P-U-R-I-S-T, collection.com. Okay, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to episode 34, Shadow Work with Danielle Massey. Danielle is a master shadow work practitioner, best-selling author, and motivational speaker. She believes shadow work is the most powerful healing modality in existence as it alters the brain, the body, the emotions, and the energy to heal you from the inside out and make you a manifestation magnet. I feel like getting the shadow queen herself on for this episode was incredible i absolutely loved her fusion of like science and witchiness which i think we're all about on this podcast and it was such an amazing insight into firstly what on earth shadow work even is but also how we do it and how we know whether it's working or not Yeah, it was such a powerful conversation and her story and her journey as well. And I love how Danielle in this episode really gives us that permission to embrace all of who we are Mm. instead of suppressing and really integrate and work with the shadow as one of the most powerful elements of us. Yeah, absolutely. I found this conversation so inspiring and so empowering and i think our fellow witches are going to absolutely love this one yeah we think that you will love this one so yeah let's dive in enjoy welcome danielle we are excited to have you on witches being witches i know it's late where you are so appreciate having this late night combo with us yeah thank you (laughs) no I'm excited to be on I feel like a lot of the people in my community now are in Australia so I'm so used to the time difference now other than being a little sleepy it's just kind of the norm (laughs) amazing you're adjusting (laughs) I'm adjusting I might have to just move there make it easy yeah you're welcome very welcome Uh, So we would love to start with asking you Danielle do you know your sun and rising sign I do. So my son in Vedic astrology is is Sagittarius. And then my rising is Scorpio. Oh, do you resonate with your Vedic? Yes, very much. Absolutely. I think much more than the Western astrological view, because according to Western, I'm Capricorn sun, which never really felt quite right to me. Mm. And then Sagittarius rising, which I always resonated with. So it makes sense that it would find its way in there for me in a different way. So yeah, cool. I love that. I'm I'm very impressed. Um, and do you. <laughs> do you know your human design? I do. I'm a very stereotypical manifesting generator. 
like everything about me is copy and paste out of what you would see from manifesting generator pamphlets. Um, you are the pinup girl for manifesting generators. I am overachieving, <laughs> can't stop, too many ideas all the time, workhorse skims through stuff without actually taking time to read it. And that is me. Two it. Love it. Very good. <laughs> And we would love to know, Danielle, how have you got to where you are, the shadow work queen? How, yeah, how did, what did it look like for you, this journey? My journey was winding. It was one that took some very weird twists and turns. So uh, the very broad overview is that I was a pretty witchy kid. And my, my grandmother was also someone who was really into witchcraft. And it scared the crap out of my parents. They didn't want me to be anything like her. So they would try to keep me away from her. They would tell me that the witchy stuff was bad, that the spirits that I was seeing weren't real. And it was just a lot of shame being pushed on top of me. So I buried it away. And I went to school for psychology and cognitive neuroscience because I wanted to be all about the facts. I wanted everything to be about science and information and what can I actually show and quantify because that's the truth and nothing else is. Mm -hmm. I graduated, I became a licensed psychotherapist and I started seeing clients. And after about a decade, I got so burnt out that I actually developed cancer. And during that cancer journey, I spiraled out of control and had a lot of those like dark night of the soul moments. Like, what am I even doing? Why am I here? What's the point of all this stuff? And that was when I found shadow work. And with shadow work, I not only was able to answer a lot of those questions, but I started climbing my way out tooth and nail as much as I could from this really deep depression that I spiraled into. And it changed everything for me. Just a few short years ago, I was working as a therapist. Now I have a global coaching business. I'm a best-selling author with books coming out all the time, conference founder, just everything shifted with shadow work. I'm so grateful for it, even though it was weird how I found it. That's amazing. And I really resonate with that story too of um, really wanting to work scientifically, but then having this amazing witchy side as well. Um, I love that fusion and I love when you talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so interesting you bring that up because that is a shadow side in itself because it's not good enough Mm. just what we feel and what what we know already without Um, backing it up by the science and I think a lot of us and a lot of our listeners that are more in that spiritual realm would be feeling that because uh, a lot of people in our orbit are wanting that science and the fact to substantiate what we're what we're saying so I love that you've brought that up Mm. and so deep about your cancer with um, your journey with cancer as well Danielle and in Ayurveda uh, we always say that the that is an opportunity for us to completely change our life and it sounds as though that you have done that through that dark shadow work um and yeah the soul has really accepted that that journey that would have been very intense yeah absolutely it was the worst thing I've ever gone through and the best thing I've ever gone through at the exact same time because Mm -hmm. as horrific as it was It also led me to my purpose. It showed me how to heal people. It showed me how to heal myself. So I wouldn't change anything about it. Mm, Incredible. So for our listeners that are new to shadow work, do you have a definition, Mm -hmm. something that 
yeah makes it yes what is it what is shadow work <laughs> this is the number one question that I get asked every podcast every uh, <laughs> magazine article because everybody talks about it but nobody really knows what it is yeah shadow work is the process of going into the unconscious mind the unconscious is the deepest level of your consciousness so there's the consciousness on the surface mm-hmm. subconscious is the stuff just below your awareness that you can access on your own But sometimes we don't really want to look at that stuff, but you Mm. can, if you want to, it's the behavioral things that you do. It's your personality traits that you're aware of underneath all of that is the unconscious and the unconscious is the space where all of your trauma, all the heavy moments from your life, the things that make you who you are and completely shape your personality. That's where it all lives. Mm. Shadow work is the process of going there and pulling that stuff up to the surface into the conscious mind so that you can completely heal it. And when I do shadow work, I work a lot on using the entire body in that healing process, Mm -hmm. because it's not just about seeing it. It's about seeing it while keeping your body very regulated so that you change how it exists within your body. So we're doing a complete reworking of your neurological system, your physiological system, your emotional system, and your energy body all at once. Mm -hmm. So how, I guess, yeah, I loved your definition of conscious and subconscious and unconscious how do we actually uncover what is existing in our unconscious because it's unconscious right (laughs) how do we get there (laughs) the unconscious mind is actually more readily accessed than you think Mm. every time we go into what's called a theta brainwave state Mm -hmm. we can access the unconscious and we do it every day anytime you daydream anytime you're drifting off to sleep anytime you meditate you're going into theta And so all you need to do in those moments to access the unconscious memories is to just direct your attention to them. So when you're in that theta brainwave state, you can kind of just ask yourself the question, what needs to be seen here? What am I hiding from myself? And things will start to spill through. If you're someone who feels like you don't have a lot of memories from childhood, like maybe your memories start around age seven, eight, or nine, instead of around age three or four, when they're technically supposed to start, Mm. it probably isn't the best idea to do this on your own the first time. Mm. And instead to use a guide to do it with you to just hold space or have some kind of support system with you for afterwards. Mm. I've seen a lot of people who go into shadow, whether it's through traditional shadow work, like I do it, or through plant medicine, where stuff comes up to the surface and you don't know what to do with it. And if you don't have someone holding that safe space for you, it can feel very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. But if you do try to do it on your own, just remember that your breath is medicine. If you can really hold a steady breathing pattern, breathing in through the nose fully, exhaling out the mouth fully, you can keep your body regulated enough to process it differently and move through it without ever having to do anything else. That will be enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's a, really about keeping the nervous system calm to mm-hmm. be able to access safely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's basically the entire point. Mm-hmm. Our brains are wired based on our experiences. Mm-hmm. Every moment of our life, our brain is categorizing. What do I do with this? What do I do with this moment? If something frustrating happens, like you get locked out of somewhere, or if your kids barge in on you at a moment when you're supposed to be working, what's happening is the brain is going, okay, this is a situation we've been in before. We have a number of options right now in this moment. We can either do what we've always done or we can do something new. 
the brain will always choose to do what it's always done because mm-hmm. it's just an easier pathway. Mm-hmm. And what happens is a chain of events start at that moment. It's like dominoes. If your brain has dealt with it before, it goes, okay, last time this happened, we panicked. So let's start pumping out that adrenaline and cortisol. Mm-hmm. Let's start making that heart race. Let's start getting the breathing really shallow. Let's start making their brain foggy. Let's make them sweat. And when all that happens, the gut is actually the place where your thoughts come from. The mm-hmm. gut will send a message up to the brain to reinforce all this. Like, oh no, here we go again. I can't believe it. What are we going to do? When that happens over and over, we have these really solid circuits. So with shadow work, what we want to do is we want to interrupt that loop and change Mm -hmm. it so that that can't be the automatic process that's happening. So we get into that same situation. We see it clearly when we're in that unconscious state with theta. And then what we want to do is change how you breathe. Because if you change how you're breathing, we're making it impossible for all the other stuff to escalate because Mm -hmm. your breath is calm. So adrenaline and cortisol can't pump. So your heart can't race. So your brain can't get foggy. So you can't get sweaty. So you can't have those racing thoughts come through. And that's enough. If we can shift it one time, we can shift it every time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I love that. It's so powerful. I I would love to know when, when someone is starting to approach this shadow work and they're a little bit hesitant to, you know, uncover what it is, how can they start to dip their toe in without getting to that state where they might need a guide? Yeah, I love this question. When you're starting to do this, you can start to access the subconscious mind instead of the unconscious. What you would do then is just shadow work journaling. And this is a very popular method of shadow work that a lot of people do. I even have a shadow work journal that's available online. Mm. All you do is you just choose a prompt and you free write. So maybe the question is something like, what's the worst memory that you can recall? Mm. And you just kind of write. You don't think about it. You let whatever comes up, come up. But it's surface level enough that you don't have to be in that theta brainwave state to remember that moment. You can go, oh gosh, it was that birthday party in the fourth grade. And I was mortified when cake fell on my shirt and everybody laughed. And that's the worst memory. And then you think about why did it hurt? How has it impacted you since? And so maybe it's that you feel awkward in social situations. You don't want to go to parties. You feel like you can't be yourself in those moments because it got you in trouble before or people laughed at you. So journaling is a beautiful way to do that. If you just Google shadow work journal prompts, you'll find a thousand of them. Mm -hmm. And my journal has a bunch. There's other books online too that you can search for, but that's a really easy way to start peeling back the layers of who you are and what it is that makes you tick. How do our shadow sides come about? I think it's a shadow, I guess it's got like that almost dark connotation Is it our dark side or is it just what is hidden and kind of uncovered? Or is it a bit of both? Both and neither at the same time, (laughs) right? (laughs) The shadow sides came from Carl Jung. He was Mm -hmm. a Swiss psychiatrist in the 1800s. He's someone coined from shadow work. (laughs) And with Carl Jung, he talked about our shadow side. And what he was referring to was the part of ourselves that we bury and hide away. Mm -hmm. So it could be that it's like stuff that other people think is bad, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't actually have to be bad stuff. 
like uh, I think a lot of women deal with this the fact that we can't show up big our personalities can't be big or at least we've thought in the past that they couldn't because mm-hmm. we might intimidate the men and make mm-hmm. them scared we might be seen as a bitch we might be seen as too much and nobody wants a woman that's too much around right that's a shadow and that shadow side of ourself can very often be hidden and through the process of shadow work we can let that version of us out I know that's a version of me that's existed before. And a lot of the women that I work with deal with that. Mm. At the same time, for men, it can be their feminine side, that the divine feminine, if they're really tuned into it and they understand creativity and flow, that they get bullied for that. And so they press that down. They hide it from themselves. They convince themselves that that's not okay. And in doing so, create this altered version of their personality that doesn't reflect this very real piece of who they are. Mm -hmm. So the shadow is not negative. It's not evil. It's not dark. It's not like we're hiding that we're like feral animals deep down. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's the fact that we're told to be certain types of people. And depending on what you heard as a kid Mm -hmm. or what you experienced in a past life or what's passed down through your genetics in your ancestry, you show up differently. And that's where your shadow sides come from. Yeah, well, yeah, I love that. And I love Carl Jung's um, quote where he says, do you want to be good or do you want to be whole? And Mm -hmm. to me, that really sums up that whole process where we're not wanting to be perfect or get rid of that shadow side. It's about the integration of that and accepting Mm that shadow side as part of ourselves that we that we need Mm. I would love for you to speak about because I see this a lot um especially in spiritual circles where the focus can be more on the light and more about focusing on okay let's just not think about that or put our attention on that let's kind of have that focus on that light work and um, not have the integration what do you feel or see that happens when we're only focusing on the light and we're kind of suppressing Mm. that dark side and not wanting to deal with it? So it can look rosy from the outside, but yeah, on that deeper level, they're really struggling. Yeah. I, I hate this a lot. And it's something that I talk about a ton on my TikTok because there are so many people who really preach love and light and just focus on the good and don't sit with the bad. But what happens then is you're kind of building a glass castle and the foundation is weak and any moment it's going to crack and break and come crumbling down. Mm -hmm. And I might've even been a part of that a little bit for myself where when I was building my psychotherapy practice, I wasn't paying attention to the heavy things that were happening. I just kept my head up told myself things were fine, kept moving in that direction of positivity until something bad happened and it all snapped and crumbled down like it was nothing. Mm -hmm. I think when we deny parts of ourselves, we are denying our whole, just like Carl Jung said, and actually have that quote on a mug because I love it too. (laughs) It's so important. And when I see spiritual practitioners who preach this, Mm -hmm. this focus on the positivity, or even when I was in the psychotherapy world, psychotherapists who would talk about positive psychology, just Mm -hmm. focusing on the positive. I can tell you from my neuroscience background and from working in a neuroscience lab throughout my undergraduate degree, that that actually doesn't work. Mm -hmm. 
Because when we do that, we're not preparing our brain for moments where it needs to be resilient. Mm -hmm. So we're putting a lot of focus and emphasis on positive, but you're going to have negative moments throughout your day. You're going to have things that throw you. It doesn't have to be anything catastrophic. And what happens is if you don't focus on how to heal in those moments, it actually becomes much worse. Those big moments are things that could have been very small. It just amplifies the negativity and it makes it darker. I think the same can be said for when we repress those shadow sides of ourselves. If we keep stuffing that stuff down and pushing it down and pushing it down, we're just making it enormous. Mm. We're not doing anything to clear it out. So we need to just periodically pull that stuff out and deal with it and heal from it. And I think it's very healthy when we do. You can see it in how people live after having experiences like that when they do plant ceremonies or when they do their shadow work or anything where they're just going inwards they are healthier their aura is radiant you feel completely like they are very genuine because there's no part of them that they're denying mm -hmm. i don't know if you guys see that too yeah, definitely. Makes so much sense. And I think it's really interesting what we have in the world at the moment with uh, our social media. And to me, that's kind of like potentially a cultivation of just that shiny, bright side of ourselves. So I've been thinking about that, about, okay, what is it that we're not wanting people to see or not wanting to see on social media? And that is potentially part of that shadow side and why don't we feel like we can show that and how can we be in our authenticity so yeah I have been thinking about that whole social media and how that is potentially perpetuating that um yeah the the shiny side rather than the complete picture this is exactly why I love TikTok as a platform. Mm. I love Instagram. I love the people that I connect with on there and the community that it's given me, but it is really about showing the highlight reel. Yeah. Whereas TikTok is a community of people who are embracing messy. Yeah. Like people yeah. aren't using filters. They're showing up eating Cheetos on their couch and just mm. kind of going, I had a thought today. Yeah. Who, who resonates with this? Who feels like this? And that is what's taking off on that platform. Yeah. It is really about just showing up as you are and not apologizing for it. Mm. And I think the fact that TikTok has taken off in these past couple of years mm. since the pandemic began, it's so telling of where we're headed as a society, where things are moving away from being shiny and perfect. And we're really starting to look at that collective shadow and pulling that mask off and going, who are we actually? Mm. Who do we want to be? And how do we just show up as them? Yeah, I totally agree. And I think what is really promising is the information that is being shared on social media, particularly on platforms like TikTok, where you said people are happy to be messy and the TikToks that go viral, like half the time people are not wearing makeup. There's no filter. Their hair is messy. Like they're just them. And I think that's what people are connecting to more. And so what I really love is the information that's being shared on TikTok and in those viral videos where it's like, it's okay to be who you are. Mm, it's I giving other it's really people promising. permission. Yeah. yeah I, I really promising. like that reflection. Mm. Can you talk to us, Danielle, about how we actually do the work, how we do the shadow work? I know you mentioned things like journaling and plant medicine, and meditation. What is the process? How, if I decide to go away after this chat and do some shadow work, 
what will that look like? Yeah. So I have my book coming out. It's called Shadow Work. And in the book, I break down step-by-step all the little nuances of this process. But I'll give you guys the broad overview because that'll be helpful to give you the how and the why and the understanding of everything that's happening in the moment. Mm. But in a very general sense, what you can do is just meditate to the point where you're in theta. And what that'll look like is feeling like you're not worried about the future. You're not worried about the past. You're just here in your body in this moment. So it could be guided meditation where you're asking yourself, how do I feel in my root chakra right now? What does it feel like? What's the temperature of this room? How does my body feel in the space? And then just working up through the chakras, asking yourself all those questions. Once you feel like you're fully here and you're not in the future or in the past, that's when you're really in theta. Bonus points if you feel like you're going to fall asleep because then you're really in theta if you're like a second away from passing out. And when you're there, all you have to do is speak to your shadow. Just like we talk to our spirit guides, you can actually speak to your shadow. Your unconscious mind is able to communicate with you. So you can ask the shadow, shadow, are you with me? And it'll respond. You'll hear it just like you would a higher self or a spirit guide. And then you can ask a specific line of questioning. Like show me the moment that I became afraid to use my voice. And what you'll see, just like you're seeing a memory from yesterday, is you'll see the moment play out in your mind. Mm -hmm. And so very often when I take people to that space or when I do it myself, it's like you just immediately show up in that moment from your past. And there you are again, seven years old, and you're sitting in a playground and you're on a swing and someone comes over and pushes you off and you try to advocate for yourself and they tell you to shut up. And that moment, you can feel it in your body. You can feel the heaviness of it. So you're going to regulate. You're going to really take those deep breaths, breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth the whole time. You can scan your body and ask where it is that you're feeling it the most. And so you might feel that it's like a ball in your throat or like something's catching right in here. It could be other places too. It could be like a pain in your lower back. Like this is somehow connected to your sacral chakra. Mm -hmm. Like this is maybe threatening your womanhood. In that moment, wherever it is that it's stuck, you breathe enough to release it. You focus on releasing the pain from that place. And then you think about that moment differently. You can ask yourself, what would I do different now? How would I approach that bully in this moment as an adult? Mm -hmm. Who could have helped me in that moment? And how could I have asked for that help? anything to start to change how you view that situation. So we're focusing on the body, the emotions, and also your reaction to it in your brain. Mm. And when you're done, you can ask your shadow, is this clear? And the shadow will tell you yes or no. If the answer is no, you can ask what else needs to be done. Mm. Your shadow is always willing to work with you. Actually, Shaman Durek, if you guys Mm -hmm. have ever read his book, Spirit Hacking, talks about this too. And I thought I was crazy before that because I've been talking to my shadow for a very long time, just like it was normal, but I thought it was just me. And then I realized that I was not the only one. And it's a practice that he speaks about in his book. And I was like, light bulb, hello, Mm -hmm. other people can do this too. It is very eye opening to talk to your shadow and make a friend out of it instead of having it be this enemy that we're fighting against. Yeah. And I think that is so powerful that you bring up Danielle, because it 
Like in astrology, in Vedic astrology, we look at a placement called Chiron and it's called the wounded healer. And it ends up being usually my client's greatest gift, but it's something that has been really wounded. And having that reframe as though the shadow aspect can actually be our greatest gift. Mm. So we're really denying that power or that strength that the shadow can bring. Um, And I think as witches, Mm. we should be tapping into that, Mm. um, that powerful energy and, and not being afraid of it. Mm. Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think I do a lot of past life work with shadow work. Yes. I was just going to ask you about this actually. (laughs) Does it come up from past lives? Yeah. Absolutely. So when we do shadow work, very often we go to those past life moments and you know, from Vedic astrology, there's so much karma that's involved. Mm -hmm. So when we experience something throughout multiple lifetimes, we're kind of tasked with finishing it out here. And if we don't, we'll come back and do it again. So my sessions will sometimes take people to life between lives when we're actually choosing which meat suit we feel like dropping into for this go around and what things we're going to go through when we drop into that body. And so this moment, that's like our weakness, our shadow is the thing that we picked because it's the thing that's going to help propel us to our greatest level of expansion and soul growth. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a deep thing. It's like something that you've had to deal with maybe a hundred times before throughout so many lifetimes, you have it happen over and over and over again. So it feels like a very deep wound for a reason, but it is your power because when you conquer it, you don't have to go through that anymore and you can actually use it to your benefit. So if your biggest wound is a fear of using your voice, so many witches have this, that deep witch wound Mm -hmm. where it's like we've been, you know, drowned, we've had our throats cut, we've been beaten alive, we've been burned, we've been hung. And every time it's because we were trying to be who we are, Mm -hmm. and speak out about truth, even if it was just a few people, we were trying to live our truth. So we come back now, and we have these opportunities to do things. And our voice doesn't want to work. It Mm -hmm. gets quiet, we're afraid. What will people think if I come out as a witch, if I come Mm -hmm. out of the broom closet, if you will? How will people respond? Are they going to freak out? Are people still going to view me as being someone who is respected? Am I even going to be able to speak on the things that I know? Because I could be an expert, but I have fear that I'm going to be persecuted for it because of that past lifetime, many past lifetimes that I've gone through this before. Mm -hmm. So yes, our shadows are deep, but they are our power. And these are the moments, especially in a life like this, at this time, in this moment, where we can really start showing up authentically and be celebrated for it. Mm. So powerful. Yeah, so powerful. I really resonated with that. Yeah, me too. Definitely. (laughs) How, How do we know if we're doing shadow work, how do we know if it's working? I think for me, it was an an immediate knowing because you feel different. Mm. We all have triggers. We all have things that kind of tweak us and make us feel annoyed or angry or anxious. And they're different for everyone based on your past experiences. Mm. So if you're doing shadow work correctly, things that would tweak you at like a level seven should start tweaking you at like a level four. Mm. It shouldn't be that big of a deal. Things that would have made you very stressed out in the past. Now it's like, eh, it's not that big of a thing Mm. because you've realized none of that stuff matters and you've healed from that core wound. 
So when you notice the trigger starting to fade, that's when you know you're doing it right. Mm. Yes, I love that. And what is your thoughts, Danielle, on new levels, new devils in that when we feel like we have done the shadow work, I mean, just in prep for this interview today, I was like, oh, I'm just going to... <laughs> Just a quick little bit. I'm just going to quickly <laughs> see if I've got any shadow there. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I I need to, yeah, but it's consciously. And I'm like, oh, I thought I had, you know, really done this. And what are your thoughts on it just being a process mm-hmm. and a, a continual kind of check-in? Yeah. Healing is not linear, right? We've yeah. heard that said a thousand times. Yeah. But If when you do your shadow work, you're directing your unconscious mind to the deepest moment by saying, bring me to the root cause of it, you should actually be getting to the lowest level of it. And when you rip it out from the root, you're healing everything that happens above it. When I was working as a therapist, I had my own therapist and I was doing all other kinds of alternative healing modalities. And I felt like I was going through the same things over and over. We'd peel back one layer And then surprise, here's some other issue. Here's a body issue you have. Here's some kind of issue you have with authority. And it's like, we kept just pulling them off. But when I started doing shadow work, the way that I do it and the way that I teach it in my book, I stopped having that happen. Mm -hmm. Now I get to the root cause of things. And so over the past, it's been like six years now since I started, I've only felt that I've moved in the direction of having my life get lighter and lighter every time. Mm -hmm. And when I do shadow work, now it becomes more exploratory where I'm just like, I just want to know what it was like on Pleiades. Like, let's just go there because mm. it's more fun now. There's nothing I'm hiding from myself anymore. Mm. But I think that really has to do with how willing you are to go to those depths and also the method of doing it because some methods are going to be much more intense than others. Like mm. the way that I do shadow work is very deep. There's mm. nothing about it that's going to be surface level. Mm. Or if you were to do ayahuasca, There's nothing about that, that surface level. That is going to be ripping the wounds open and tearing your heart open all at once. Mm. So it depends on how you go into it. When I would say, if you're wondering about this new level, new devils thing, is there is a level of depth that you can get to that's underneath that stuff. Mm. And if you can get underneath it, you can heal everything that's above it. Mm. Oh, I love that. It sounds so liberating. And I'm keen to just play on Pleiades as well. So. (laughs) it is a good time my soul really enjoyed it there yeah I want to I guess as a follow-on from that I am a recovering perfectionist I always put recovering in front of it because I'm really really working on it um I think sometimes when I'm looking at doing work I'm like okay well I need to a do it perfectly and b there's like an end result there's like a finish line and I have to get there and then I will be perfect enough. Obviously need to do some shadow work on that. Is there an end result? Because you quite often hear coaches, and again, I don't know if it's part of the, that kind of toxic positivity movement thing where it's like, I've done the work, I'm done. Now I'm going to teach you how to be done. Are we ever done? <laughs> Is no. there such thing as perfect in shadow work? Never. There's never (laughs) going to be that. Even now, like saying what I did about healing the levels underneath, there's never going to be perfect. I feel this in my own business. I'll give you guys an example of this. So I've gotten to this point now where I have 
book deals and I have uh, things happening for me with my conference and my coaching business. And I always used to do this thing where it was like, well, once I hit X amount, then I'll know I've made it. Yeah. And really, I think every time I get to that next X amount, I'm like, yeah, but, and then you throw another number on top of it. Like, (laughs) yeah, but once you've impacted this many people, once you bring your conference to this many places, once you do this, we're never going to reach that because it's not real. And I don't think life is about the end goal. I think life is about the journey. And every time we're focused on that end goal of being completely healed, of impacting X amount of people, of having X amount of money. I think when we focus on those things, we're really taking away from the beauty, which is being here now. And this might be partially because I like living in dark spaces as the shadow queen. I like really (laughs) sitting in that heaviness, but I think so much of who we are as people and so much of what makes us special is the darkness and it's being in those places. It's being imperfect. So I don't Mm -hmm. think perfection is even a good goal anymore because I used to be the same way. I think a little bit of messiness and living your life in this moment is the goal. Yeah, And bringing it back to that is going to feel good, but just hit me up for some shadow work whenever you want to do it. So I'll yeah, get you there. Sounds you. Good. <laughs> Speaking of that messiness and going into the darkness, do you find Danielle that uh, a lot of people are attracted to your work once they've had that dark night of the soul? Yeah. And does everyone, do you feel that everyone has a dark night of the soul? Or like, yeah. do you have to go to those depths? Do you have to go all the way? And can we have multiple <laughs> as well? Okay. So that was a lot. Let's yeah. start with <laughs> I think not everybody has a dark night of the soul. I think yeah. some souls choose easier lives because they need a break. And I've yeah. seen that when I put people into that life between lives, I need a filler life, or I need to just be a support person for someone in this lifetime. It's not even about me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to incarnate as this person who's going to just be there for someone else. Yeah. And then I'll pass out and I'll do it again. So I don't think everybody does. I don't think everybody's meant to wake up either. Mm-hmm. I think they're meant to play their role and then they'll show up differently next time. And that's okay. Not everybody has to be spiritually broke. Not everybody has to have dark night to the soul. Mm-hmm. That being said, I do think that there are plenty of people who have multiple dark nights to the soul. Mm-hmm. When I was in a therapy background, when somebody would have multiple, like really deep, heavy moments mm-hmm. for me, similar to what you guys were talking about before with this like Ayurvedic perspective, when that happens, it's like, okay, there's obviously a shift that needs to occur. Mm-hmm. It's like, there needs to be a different path that we start moving down. And so since we're not moving down that path and we've tried all the signs that we can to make them move down that path, we're going to throw them a really heavy curveball and force the movement. Mm. So I think that's what happens a lot of the time. I think that's what happened for me with my cancer too, where I wasn't listening for so long and the signs were so obvious Mm. that they just had to give me like a really, really hard punch to Mm. knock me off of my trajectory and move me onto this one. And that happens and that's okay. In the moments when that happens, though, maybe we could start to think about what are the signs that I'm missing? How can I really forge that connection more deeply so that I won't miss it or so that I can be led in a way that's more seamless? Mm. Yeah, I think that's so powerful. Yeah, there was another question you guys asked in there. I completely forgot it. I don't know now either, but what you just (laughs) described sounds a lot like a Saturn return. (laughs) Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. I'm resonating hard. (laughs) And I think that's important to point out that we do get those indications and those signs. And, you know, as I've gone through my journey, I can see those signs more now. But when I was younger, it would take an absolute, um, like at one point I physically had to die. I had an accident to you know, shift me Mm. because I wasn't listening. I, yeah, I wasn't paying attention to the signs. And so, yeah, in this journey, my soul kind of needs like, it feels like it needs the hard, intense knocks to get the the result. Got some leveling up to do. (laughs) So many people with NDEs share that experience where it's like, I I had this near-death experience. I died for... 30 seconds or a minute or whatever it was. And it's like, all of a sudden it was like, boom, I just Mm. moved on to a different path. And I knew it in my soul. I think near death experiences are that for a lot Mm. of people. And sometimes those are pre-contracted before we even get here. Mm. Like this is going to happen because we need you to pull off in that direction really far so that when you have this near death experience, it becomes very clear what you need to do. And you have a lot of energy moving you that way. A hundred percent after that moment, I I, pro- I wouldn't be with my husband now if it wasn't for that, because I had to let go a lot, like really quickly, really fast. Um, and that allowed me to do that. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a blessing, but yeah, definitely changed the trajectory of my life. Like you said, which is yeah. Fascinating. It Danielle, is. I'm, I'm just really curious. You mentioned, uh, you know, past lives and reincarnating and our mission here. Do you feel this is your last lifetime? What, what I'm just mm. interested to know. No, I don't you're, think you're so. coming back. No, I think I'm coming back. I think most people do. Mm. Something that I see when I take people in between lives is that there's kind of these levels that we ascend through where it's like you reach a certain amount of knowledge and then you help the people who are below you. Mm. But it is very rare to become so ascended that you don't come back. Like mm. extremely rare. I've never seen it in all my work that I've done with people who have that like life between life reading with me. And I've mm. done these with hundreds, if not at least a thousand people. Mm. That being said, I think, I think it's Dr. Michael Newton has that book journey of souls. And he, he speaks about the same thing. I think he's seen it like once where somebody was ascended enough that they were like maybe starting to slow down. Mm-hmm. I think our souls are meant to go through so many incarnations and so many experiences. Maybe it'll be the last time here, but mm-hmm. definitely not the last time and probably not the last time for most of us. Mm-hmm. There's still so much work that we have to do. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. I can't leave things in this state. Yeah, I'm okay with another planet. <laughs> That'd be fun. I yeah, just mix a little it up visit, next you know, go somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> Try it out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I wanted to ask about um you speak a little bit about using shadow work as a manifestation tool. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh yeah. Manifestation, which I'm sure you guys have covered before on here, is supposed to be such an easy process. If we use quantum physics to our advantage, 
there are so many potential timelines that we can kind of hop onto at any given moment. Mm -hmm. And all that separates us from this current version of our reality and an altered version of reality is our desire to get there and our understanding of what it will feel like, smell like, taste like, touch like. If we can really use our senses, we can just alter which piece of the quantum field we're attached to. Mm -hmm. However, your shadow makes it really hard to hold on to another version of reality if there's energetic weight keeping you here. Mm. So an example of this is if you really see yourself moving to Thailand and just having this beautiful experience where you're living in a, a beach hut and healing people on the beach, and you know that this is where you want to be, you can feel it in your bones, but then you have moments of doubt and that shadow is weighing you down telling you, who are you to just abandon your family and go there? Mm, mm. Who are you to think that you could just live full-time as a healer and live off the land? Who are you to think that you can just let everything that people have done for you go away and just abandon them? Mm. Your shadow will keep you here. And so until you do your shadow work, it's really hard to manifest with ease. You can still manifest. It can still happen. You just have to force it a little bit more when you haven't done the shadow work. You have to hold that vibration of where you want to go so strongly. It's like you're just oh, like holding on so tight. You can't let anything interrupt it. Whereas if you do the shadow work, you don't have to hold on that tight. Because that version of reality is very accessible. You're already vibrating at that level. You're already living partially in that reality. So all you have to do is take a little step to the side. This is something I've practiced for myself before. And I do talk about this in my book. When I wanted to be a writer, I wanted to be a writer since I was a kid. I was like, everybody was thinking about being a pop star or ballerina. I used to write. I used to make silly little stories called the finger people. I would <laughs> distribute them to all the people in my class. My teacher would let me read them out loud. I've always wanted to be an author. And then life took me in different directions. So when I got to this point where I started seeing myself as someone who knows a thing or two about shadow work and wanting to share it. I had an Akashic record session where she said, this is a possibility for you if you want to take it. Mm -hmm. And I just thought to myself, okay, like I did the shadow work. I cleared this stuff out. There's nothing weighing me down. So I'm just going to sit with that for like a week and just kind of feel what it would be like. And a week later, I got three book offers. Oh my goodness. Three. And they came to me. Usually the process of becoming an author is like you have to go through creating a book proposal, finding an agent who will take you, which mm -hmm. can take a year, two years, three years. Some people never do. You have mm -hmm. to send query letters out to all these different publications to go, some publishing house, take me, please. And then your book might come out a few years later. So for a publishing house to come to you is rare. Mm -hmm. That's how easy manifesting can be when you move the shadow off of you. It really is that simple. So I do spend a chunk of my book talking about that mm. because it should be that easy because this life that we have, our bodies and all these things that we're living in, they're not real. Mm -hmm. Everything is just consciousness, even matter at its core, like our atoms, smaller than our atoms, it's just consciousness. Mm. And so if that's true, and this has been proven by quantum physics, we should be able to just manifest anything really yeah. easily. By shifting our conscious attention, using things like shadow work makes it simple. That's so cool. Yeah, so I empowering. think that is so important to understand and that it's more than just shifting that vibration. It's about really coming into alignment, alignment with ourselves. And so 
Yeah, that is really important. And I think then it it plays into the self-love as well, you know, because we are accepting ourselves and yeah. And then of course it's going to have that ripple effect that we're going to feel more love for ourselves, more compassion for ourselves, more in alignment. And then we're going to shift to what it is that we want. And we're going to manifest the things that we really want and not what we think we want yeah. as well. Or like we it, think we should want. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, society or, you know, it looks good. Yeah. But having uh-huh. it come from that heart. Mm-hmm. Instead yeah. of from the shadows, which yeah. is where all that subtle stuff comes from. Yes. Yeah. When you were talking about that, I was kind of envisioning the shadow as like 1700 suitcases and backpacks that I'm like lugging around with me and it's quite hard to jump onto that next <laughs> next project it almost is like 10 really big suitcases on the yeah. bottom yeah. and then like 1690 on top of that but if yeah. you can get to the 10 big ones you'll just cause a complete cascade of healthiness by yeah. knocking the other ones down with them yeah yeah I love that I feel so inspired right now me too. Thank you, Danielle. This has been um, such an incredible deep insight to the shadow work. And I would love for you to share with us before we um, close. Um, we love to ask our, our guests, what does health is the new wealth mean to you? It means everything to me. With my cancer journey, I had this experience where I was brought down to about as low as I could possibly ever go, the the deepest part of my shadows. And in that moment, I had to really look at what was important to me and reevaluate everything about how I'd been living my life up until that point. Mm -hmm. And before that, I was really stuck in fear. I was afraid I wasn't going to make enough money to support my family. I was afraid that I would never really live up to my potential. I was afraid I wasn't being a good mom or a good wife. It was just all fear. Mm -hmm. When I was able to let that stuff go, none of that really mattered anymore. And it was just about being healthy. And I just had to really focus on that space. And everything shifted with that too. Because when I feel good, everything else flows really easily. When I'm healthy, I'm a better mom. I'm a better wife. I'm a better teacher. I'm a better writer. I'm just better in every single way. I think as a society up until this point, we've really been so focused on money more than anything else. I see it in the coaching industry too, mm-hmm. where it's always about follow me. Cause I've had 17 clients who made a million dollars. Like follow me for more tips. Yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. Like, what does that even matter? Money is energy. It's a tool and it's a beautiful tool and you can use it however you want to. But if you're not healthy, if you have cancer, like I did, what the fuck are you going to do with a million dollars? It's not going to help you. Yeah, Your health is everything. And when you have that, that's all that matters. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to really annoy Tara because... (laughs) I've thought of one more question that I want to ask you. I guess it's, I guess it's (laughs) kind of looping back before to when we were talking about dark nights of the soul, which I think you kind of just touched on then again, like your dark night of the soul, I guess, I don't know whether it's a question or a statement, but after that dark night of the soul comes this really beautiful opportunity to transcend, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think so. And yeah. some people don't, some people really sit in that darkness and can't really find a way out. 
Mm. And I've had more than one dark night of the soul. And when I was mm. a teenager, it felt like I was stuck at the bottom of a well and mm. there was no way that I could climb out. Mm. So the opportunity is there, mm. but you have to see it. So if you yeah. feel like you're stuck in the darkness and like you can't find a way out, you have to start looking for the light and yeah. clawing your way out of there however you can. Because the opportunity is there. You just have to take it. Yeah. Yeah, that's really beautiful. beautiful. Thank you, Danielle. We would love to know where we can find you. I'm very interested to know that you're on TikTok. I have to follow you there. Um, And can you tell us about your new book that you have coming out as well? Of course. So you can follow me on all social media and on my website. It's all the same. So it's at I A M Danielle Massey. And that's on TikTok, on Instagram. You can find me on YouTube. And then my website's IamDanielleMassieAlso.com, obviously. And then the book is coming out in just a couple of weeks. And that kind of makes me want to throw up. But it's coming out <laughs> September 20th. And it's called Shadow Work. It's very easy to find. The cover looks like bubblegum colors so that we don't scare you with all the heaviness. <laughs> that's I do promise that when you go through it, it is really about transformation. It's about understanding the exact process of shadow work and how to start using it to manifest that life of your dreams. Because I think when we use the shadow and understand how to tap into that, we can heal completely mm-hmm. and we can create a life that feels like it was meant for us. Mm-hmm. Plus, there's a lot of my own stories we did in to show you just like we did tonight exactly how this stuff works in action so you'll get to hear about a lot of my past lives and me skipping through you know the 1600s and stuff like that too which is fun it's it's not to toot my own horn but it's a good book so I hope you guys (laughs) all get it amazing (laughs) congratulations oh sorry (laughs) no you go ahead If anybody pre-orders the book, I'm having a virtual book release party that you have access to for free with your pre-order. So we'll be doing some shadow work live there if you want to practice with me first. So cool. Thank you so much, Danielle. I'm so glad that we came across your work because I think it is, yeah, so needed. And yeah, it's been so beautiful to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening, fellow witch. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please leave us a rating and review. This really helps us to reach more witches just like you. And speaking of like-minded witches, come and join us on Facebook. We are WBW Coven. And you'll find us on Instagram at Witches Being Witches. See you next time, fellow witch. Thanks for listening to Witches Being Witches. Remember, happiness is the new rich. Inner peace is the new success, health is the new wealth, and kindness is the new cool. We'll see you next episode.